金の根は響く心の中へと広く深く物語のようなおしのしずくその中に細い線路を築く時間とともに時代は動く流れる星を静かに動く目を閉じて耳を澄ますバーチー OOTY 光負けずにしっかり今解き放て誰かに届くまで平行の光はこの向こうに君たちと作っていくストーリー見上げたよ空の星に勝ちの光君にしての想い願いが時代を超え色あせる君なくともきらりに瞳に映る誰かの叫び風に思いを月に願いを力あるかけに生きてくんだ今日も見上げたよ空の星に勝ちの光Sam, the、uh, election results drop in two minutes. Two minutes and 30 seconds on the dot. I am、so、already. I am preemptively logged in this time. I am also preemptively logged in. Hold on, let me eat some peanuts. Hello and welcome to Peanut Cast. I'm your co host, Lily. We're cracking open some peanuts. They're so good. I'm your co host, Sam, and I'm hoarding my peanuts. How many peanuts do you have, Sam? Very little. I only have 35. Oh, wow. How many peanuts do you have, Lynn? Also, we have our co host, Lynn, our robot co host, Lynn. <laughs> and I'm your podcast, Robo Ghost co host, Lynn. And I have no peanuts. Shame. For shame. I could have gotten peanuts yesterday, but I was like, you know what? Instead, I will spend my money on 106 votes. And then I will、oh、spend、God. all those votes. 106 votes? Holy shit. I did keep did you 500 have、like、10, coins. You have like 10,000 gold? I am keeping 500 gold for the start of the uh, uh, coin for the start of the season. Because I realized, turns out, Once you start, like, like, I think it was Tuesday morning, I had zero gold, and then by Wednesday afternoon, I, ha- I was already in like 6k. <laughs> it goes up fast. It does go up fast,、uh, especially when you're a gambling genius like me and you lose all your money. God, I'm, I'm still just eating some peanuts. I hope. Hope this crunchy goodness, this crunchy salty goodness isn't coming up on the mic. I want some real peanuts. I also kind of want some real peanuts. Peanuts are good. I had some peanuts for lunch. Well, aren't you lucky? Send some. Part of my rosemary roasted chicken salad. Oh, that、peanuts. sounds good. All I had for lunch is air, by which I mean I haven't had anything to eat today yet. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I know. Air's pretty great, Lynn. No, I meant yet, sure is. <laughs> And now we see if I get kicked out of Blazeball as it swaps over into the results of the season four election. Yeah, here we go. Here we fucking go. I, I refreshed the page and the results have not dropped. I feel lied to. I'm scared of refreshing because I feel like it's just going to kick me out. I was given 349 coins. Oh. That's something. Oh, is that still in the. In yeah, the Eat the Rich is like a forever thing. Oh, so it is. 
Well, I guess we can come back to Blazeball at the end. I guess we can come back to Blazeball at the end. Hello and welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I think we already went over the co-host things. Uh, God, this was a week of Bleach. This was this sure was two episodes of Bleach. I I'm not really sure how I felt about these episodes honestly. Like there was moments I liked and there were also moments where it was just like, yeah, this sure is a show I am watching. I think and I may change I may completely change my uh, my thoughts on this as we uh, as we go through it. We've hit that point. But <laughs> I feel like most of the stuff that I didn't like is stuff that the show is kind of explicitly saying you shouldn't like. So I'm like cautiously enjoy like I've more or less enjoyed most of uh, most of the episodes and the things I I didn't like about it generally ended up being kind of the show like pointing a giant flaming arrow in the sky at stuff going look at how bad this is this is something you shouldn't like. But yeah, I'm sure also we'll get with to that. Yeah, and also, but, like, those specific things are gonna have, like, some weird... They have weird, like, consequences on the rest of the world building, so we should probably just get into the episode and start. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, let me wait for my wife to be done with these pillowcases so that it does not come up on the recording while I'm narrating. Sorry. It's okay. Thank you, time, honey. I don't know what it is about my podcast that puts Aiden in the cleaning mood, but you know what? Here we are. <laughs> the only one you're inconveniencing is Lily, and that's okay. <laughs> Sam says the only one you're inconveniencing is me, and that's okay. <laughs> it's not quite wrong. I can't believe you're giving my wife yet another fa- another way to inconvenience me. Listen, I'm always there to be supportive. (laughs) Alright, are you good? Yes. Okay. Episode 21. Enter the world of the Shinigami. Several alarms sound in Soul Society. A voice announces that something has been detected in the western Rukangai, alerting the Soul Reapers in areas 3 to 8. In the Dongai, the world connecting Soul Society and our world, Ichigo and the crew run full force as Uryu notices a wall chasing them. Yoruichi states it's all over as the cleaner catches them before a tendril latches onto Uryu's cape. Ichigo prepares to act, but Yoruichi stops him as his Zanpakuto being part of his spiritual being means that he would be caught too if his Zanpakuto like touched the wall. Chad rips off Uryu's cape and puts him on his shoulder, continuing to run. Uryu protests, but notices a light forming in the wall chasing them. Yoruichi curses, noting that this is the cleaner, and it happens once every seven days. It just had to be today. The group closes in on the exit, and Orihime uses Sunten Keshun to block the cleaner as the group escapes. This was an okay opening bit. I really, like, I love the the look and sound of, like, the sliding woodblock alarms. Whereas yeah, just a bunch same. of woodblock on the walls that are, like, flying up and down. It's like, what's happening? Oh, it's their alarm system. That's it's, that's it's really a, cool. 
Yeah, I, I really liked the alarm system, too. For those who aren't, like, watching the show, um, the way the alarms look in Soul Society is it's essentially, like, a bunch of, like, wooden tiles with... It, it looked like kanji on it. Um, just, like, sliding uh, into place and, like, up and down. Uh, and I don't know. It just looked really cool. Yeah, and I think the idea is that the what's written on the blocks is basically saying, like, Oh, there's intruders in like this area of Soul Society. It's like, oh, that's yeah, just that's a... what I got from it too. It, overall, just a cool bit of like world building. Yeah, and also immediately, just like Chad and Urihime, like just from the jump, going, "Yo, we're way more useful than than both either of these two chuckle fucks." Like, because <laughs> Chad just reaches over to Uryu and he's like, "Okay, you don't need this cape." Boom, let's go, and then keeps running. And then Urihime is the only reason any of them are alive. I love how Uryu is just like, "No, Chad, I I have legs. I can walk. I can run." And Chad's like, "No, I'm not listening. You're being carried. We're doing this." It's just like a game of League of Legends. You have failed me once, and now I will carry you. <laughs> it's a game of League of Legends, but with less slurs. The group are safe. Uryu is surprised he already went through his extra cape, and Orihime is happy nobody got hurt. I just love the fact that Uryu, like, points out he had an extra cape stored really quick. And, like, he did expect to go through his extra cape. He's just like, damn... He came prepared. He's, he's like, damn, I didn't expect to pull this out so early. And you're like, what What are you... Do you have just an extra cape in your backpack? What? <laughs> Fashion is important. Fashion is important. Yoruichi chides Orihime for risking her life, stating that if one of her fairies had been touched, it would have been over for her too. The dust settles, revealing the Rukangai, and Yoruichi explains this. It's the first area that souls come to live in, and it circles the Serete, where Soul Reapers live. The cat states it's the poorest area of Soul Society, with the largest population. But where is everyone? Okay, really quick, because I know we're going to have to talk about this. I find it very, very strange that there's class in Soul Society. <laughs> Love like, to be introduced to a caste system within three seconds of landing in a new universe. Yeah. <laughs> like... It honestly kind of took me out of the episode a bit, because, like, up until this point, like, obviously we've had the stuff with, like, Renji and Byakuya uh, taking, you know, Rukia, and, like, we've had, like, very short glimpses at Soul Society, but, like, to this point, what we have been told is that Soul Society is basically this universe's equivalent of heaven, um, and to me, it seems really weird that Kubo would be like, oh, what should I write heaven like? Oh, capitalism? A class system? This seems great. So the way I think, and I'm not like super well-versed in, um, in Buddhism, but I think it might have something to do with the concept of like multiple reincarnations where you move through like various stages as you go, um, yeah, it does. Because they, like, people arrive, like, people die, and then they arrive in Rukangai, and we know that, we we don't know if this is the norm yet, but we have heard of people being taken from Rukangai to uh, the Seireite, which is the Soul Society area. So I think it's like, the idea is, 
you die, you have your first afterlife, and then eventually you ascend to, like, the other afterlife. But my problem is, it's right there. There's no fence or anything. You can just see, 20 meters to your left, the people with the really nice buildings while you're in a shitty shack. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. It just... To me, and this is not me saying, oh, we should be r writing the show. It's just like... Well, there is a great big wall. <laughs> not yet, though. It <laughs> comes after. To me, it almost seems like there should be a third faction. Like, it almost feels like, if that's what we're going for, it almost feels like Soul Reapers should be, like, the middleman for, like, a real heaven, and that Soul Society should be, like, almost like the purgatory, if that makes sense. Like... I don't know, it feels like that would feel more natural to me than, hey, this is heaven, but first you gotta live in poor heaven. The main issue at this point is that we don't have the full picture of how Bleach presents its uh, reincarnation cycle, essentially. Uh, we know there is one, but we like it hasn't been shown in the in any of the material yet, so we it's hard to like we we can we we have problems with it because it's clearly like the haves and the have nots and like, the soul societies are clearly the cops that are the haves. Yeah. But I think this is definitely a thing that we're going to have to come... We're going to have to, like, re-examine this and come back to this once the show dings to give us more information on, like, what's going on. Because right now I it's just like... Agree. Oh, the cops are over there, but also over there looks way nicer than over here. Yeah, I, I definitely think we should drop this for now and come back to it because, like, there is... Probably going to be a lot more to look at. This is our first glimpse of Soul Society, though. Our, like, our first real look at it. So, anyway, Ichigo runs off towards the Serenite as Yorobichi tries to call out to him. The gate and the rest of the wall drop down, stopping Ichigo in his tracks, and a large form kneels nearby, stating it's been a long time since somebody attempted to go through the gate without a permit. So yeah, the entire, like, wall just, like, drops... Like, in slabs? Yeah, it's just this, like, this giant, like, 60-foot-tall wall just, like, co like coming down. And I'm like, why isn't that wall there all the time? Mind your toes. <laughs> I think it's, like, I don't know. It's a good question. It's <laughs> It makes for a really cool effect, but I'm still of the opinion that letting the letting the Rukon guy see into the Serete is needlessly cruel, is my opinion. <laughs> That's what I feel like, too. But also, I'm like, you know what? The, the Soul Reapers are probably like, we could have the wall up all the time, but then we wouldn't have as good a view. <laughs> Soul Society lives for the effect. The Soul Reapers inside the Serete state that they need not pursue the intruders, as they're on the other side of the gate. The large man craters the ground with the hilt of his hand axe and tells Ichigo to attack him. Yoruichi states that this is Jidanbo, the strongest giant in all of Soul Society, and he was chosen to guard Whiteway Gate because of this. Nobody has passed through the gate for 300 years ever since Jidanbo started guarding it. Chad and Orihime run up to Ichigo to help, but are stopped by Jidanbo, who uses his axe to create more barriers of stone. Let them fight! Let them fight! <laughs> he talks to them about manners, stating that there are three big rules in Soul Society. 1. Washing your hands when coming from the outside. Two, not eating food that has fallen on the floor. And three, keeping all fights one-on-one. -on -one. This is so funny! I found- so, 
I remember Jadonbo as like just being a big brute guardian figure, but going through this episode, I was like, damn, I love Jadonbo. Like, I he, love Jadonbo. He puts so much emphasis on the importance of uh, of etiquette, <laughs> and he's like, listen here, you country bumpkins, we have rules. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny. I I genuinely really enjoyed Jadonbo. Like. I wasn't expecting to because the only thing I remember is something that will come up really, really soon because I had like an inside joke about it with some friends. But, um, <laughs> God, he's good. He asks Chad, Orihime, and Uryu to wait until he is done with Ichigo and Chad begins to state he's going to make a hole in the rock. He like sort of whispers this under the, uh, under his breath to Orihime. Uh, Jadambo hears it, however, and the group bickers a bit, but Ichigo calms them, stating that he was actually supposed to regain his powers in ten days, but it only took him five. The rest of those days he spent fighting, gaining a large amount of guts and stamina. He draws on Getsu and faces Jidanbo. He slams his axe down, but Ichigo blocks it. Okay, so really quick here, I think it's really funny that like is like, oh my god. Did Urahara actually teach you stuff? And Ichigo's like, no, we just fought <laughs> for five days. He's like, he didn't teach me shit. <laughs> uh, Jadambo is impressed. Only three people, you included, have ever stopped my first thrust. But none, my second. He tries again, but Ichigo blocks it. And then the next. And then the next. This continues, and Chad realizes that Ichigo actually did learn something. Control over his Shinigami powers. Jidambo claims he isn't finished yet, and he pulls out a second axe. This is the final lethal attack, and Ichigo apologizes. Both axes are broken by Ichigo, the barricade is destroyed, and Jidambo flies back into the gate. He states that he merely slipped, and he picks the handles of his axes up, and he suddenly realizes they are broken. He gives the expression of a child who dropped their ice cream and begins sobbing. This is the inside joke I used to have with my friends was, I dropped my ice cream cone. But it, it really does feel like that, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, my my axes. <laughs> he broke my axes. <laughs> uh, there is a bit here like where it's just like this it, this little bit of animation where like Jidanbo's doing all these attacks. There's a bunch of rocks going flying and Orihime and Uryu are like, j they're dodging the rocks. And then Chad just kind of like lets a rock hit him and brushes it off his arm. <laughs> like it's no big deal. <laughs> yes, it's the best. And I'm also a big uh, fan of the, um, just Jidanbo's like softness. He's like, oh, my axis. It's so good. The Ichigo bit here is like, I'm of two minds on it. There's, on one hand, I'm not like a big fan of like, oh, well, our our main character is like super cool and he's way stronger than literally anyone who has ever done this in the last 300 years, right? Like that's kind of, okay, well, Ichigo is like not that strong when you compare him to a bunch of people in Soul Society that we're going to yeah. see. Uh, so that's that feels kind of weird. But it also, uh, on the like on the flip side, and this is a thing that I do appreciate it for, as far as like narrative conceit, is it gives us a specific baseline of going okay. Because of how he performed against Jidanbo, we now have a baseline of Ichigo's strength, as in, no one who's average or no one who's normal can like has 
can match him at all. Like if yeah. we, like now we are aware Ichigo has nothing to fear from mooks and just like the regular rank and file Shinigami. That's like already that's just immediately off the table. No one can stop him, which means any opposition that we have to expect needs to come from like an elite level like Renji, which makes sense because he already fought Renji to like not quite a draw, but like sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm also, like, in the same boat. I think it feels, like, a bit weird that he gets to Soul Society and they're like, hey, here's this big guy who's, you know, never been defeated in 300 years. And Ichigo, just 15, walks up here and is like, yeah, I trained for five days. And then it's like, I just absolutely demolishes this guy. It's it's kind of bizarre, but, like, I mean, it is a shonen anime. It is a shonen anime. I'm a special boy, Ichigo. Ichigo is a special boy. Um, one thing I do want to note here, um, well, I'm gonna go ahead and finish off because this is the last paragraph. Um, after Jidambo starts sobbing, Ichigo expresses concern, and Jidambo goes, You aren't bad! You care about me already! And I'm a loser! And Ichigo's like, it's only natural to want to console someone who's crying. Ichigo is so good. Uh, Jidanbo proclaims he is lost, both as a warrior and a man. He wipes the tears away and states that Ichigo is the first to beat him. He grants the group permission to enter and tells Ichigo to be careful, as soul reapers are powerful. He begins to lift the gate, but... Gin Ichimaru shows up, and Jidambo is visibly frightened. Gin smiles, and the episode ends. Okay, so really quickly here... Uh, okay, I've lost my train of thought. This is the worst, because I knew what I wanted to say, and then I read the paragraph, and now I no longer know what I want to say. Does anybody remember what I was saying before the, uh, the paragraph? <laughs> I mean, you didn't start saying it, so no... Uh, I will offer a different line of thought, though. Um, I th- oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I remember. I remember. I remember. I'm so sorry. I, I remembered what I was going to say. There is a little detail here um, that I, I just want to point out. We're not going to like really discuss it because it has implications. But I just want to point out that Judambo asks for Ichigo's name. And he, like, when Ichigo says, my name is Ichigo Kurosaki... Jidambo very clearly says, Kurosaki, huh? And then we go into that. Yeah, I got that. It's just, uh, I won't talk about what that means. I just want to state that Jidambo clearly had, like, a level of familiarity with that name. Uh, one thing is the, um, like, Jidambo overall, I think is, like, is, a. His design is, like, I think he's partially based on the Kongo Rikishi, which are, like, the big, wrathful, muscular guardians of the Buddha that stand in front of the temples. So I think he's, like... Because it, like... It is really weird that they're, like, oh, yeah, giants. (laughs) And they... Because they treat Jidambo like a completely different... uh, (laughs) Like class of person basically and they're just like oh yeah, yeah. giants giants <laughs> we have giants here <laughs> and she's like what what uh but that like that's what i think is, is do we ever see another giant in the show yes we see jadambo's brother <laughs> do we ever see another giant in the show 
we see another character who we see a couple of characters who but like no implicate like no one calls them giants what if all the giants are just Jujamba's family <laughs> that's probably honestly that's i i bet i bet at some point in the in the fillers that neither of us that none of us have seen <laughs> at some point there's going to be a filler that's like Either it's going to be an episode or it's going to be like an end of episode gag where they're going to be like, oh yeah, Jadambo's got like a family of 54 people and they're all giants. <laughs> I wanted Jadambo's family art. <laughs> Real quick before we go to break, uh, the the manga differences between the manga and the anime. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit that just gets completely cut out, which is right before... Uh, they and right before they enter the tunnel, or right before we see them go into the tunnel, there's this entire scene that happens at the tech division where they're investigating Rukia's Gigai, and they realize they're that they're like, oh, our boss isn't the one that made it. And it's like, what? What do you mean? Because whoever made this Gigai is not in Soul Society. What do you Ooh. mean? And they're like, oh, what? Because this Gigai look at this, and they're, like, pointing at a thing that's off-screen, basically, and they're like, this thing, knowing how to make this is enough to be forever banished from Soul Society. Like, that that's, sounds wild. Huh. Like, that's how they say it. They're like, they're, they're, there's something about the Gigai that Urahara gave to Rukia. There's something about it that just knowing how to build it is, like, for such forbidden knowledge that someone would be forever banished from Soul Society. I don't remember that at all. Uh, one other... When it comes to the cleaner, Yoroichi says every seven years instead of seven days? What? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> that seems like quite a difference. <laughs> like, once a week, and it was today? Wait a minute. <laughs> to be fair, like, one thing, like, I was thinking when, like, Yoroichi was like, oh yeah, it appears once every seven days. I'm like, couldn't... Urahara have, like, planned around that? Like, I'm sure, like, every seven days, that should be, like, pretty easy to be like, hey, maybe we should just not do this on this specific day. But, like, seven years? That seems, like, a bit tougher. Yeah, the... I'm just gonna... Actually, I'm gonna wait for... That's quite the change, and I can't understand why. I can't either. My hypothesis is that it's supposed to be a clue that this was on purpose. Like my my hypothesis here is that if if it happens once every seven years, like nebulously, and it happened to be exactly on the day that Ichigo showed up, that someone engineered this and that was on purpose, and that's supposed to be a clue in that direction. That's the the theory that I'm going with. I could see that. There's also a bit which I think was in the anime, but you don't really see it. It's that when they land, Orihime also uses her shield to cushion all their landings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've completely like i noticed that but i didn't really think about it that hard that was a good and, bit and that's basically why she's the only like everyone else like just face plants and they're just on the ground and she's just like sitting nice and well because she's the one who did the shield so she was like prepared for it <laughs> um when i i love how she's like oh ichigo your landing is so artistic <laughs> and he's just like face first ass over end like <laughs> the, like it is not possible to be less graceful than the way that he has landed it was very funny when Yoroichi is describing Jidanbo 
and like talking about how strong he is. It's Jidanbo is said to be able to kill 30 hollows with one swig of his axe. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but Ichigo is more powerful in five days. I mean, we've seen Ichigo take out, uh, or at least push back a Menos Grande. I mean, yeah, fair. It's just really funny that it's like, oh, he's never been defeated in 300 years. And after five days of training, Ichigo's like, yeah, then he's no problem. He's a pushover. Yeah, uh, the there is a bit with Chad's uh, dialogue, which I, is a, it's a little bit different than in the anime, where essentially he's saying like, well, Ichigo had like these this massive power reserve, but the only thing he didn't have was combat experience. And that's what those five days of training were for. Just pure combat experience. Yeah. Uh, there is also the, uh, when Ichigo says, instead of saying, I'm surprised you waited for me, uh, to Jidanbo, the, basically he stops talking and Jidanbo is the one who ta- who talks first and he asks if he's done talking. And Ichigo responds with, not really, but I didn't ask you to wait either, so whatever. <laughs> And otherwise, the only there was a big change in the um, in the manga, but it's the end of the chapter. It doesn't end on Gin's face. It ends on the thing that Gin does at the start of the next episode. Okay, all right. Uh, we should probably cut to a break. Uh, and by cut to a break, I mean we should talk about Blazeball really quick, and then cut to a break. The results are in. They're there. The results are in. Lynn has peanuts. I have been Excellent. Uh, okay, the two decrees this week are targeted shame and alternate reality. Targeted shame. Targets appear. The, Haiti ti- the Hades Tigers are targeted. The Chicago Firefighters are targeted. The New York Millennials are targeted. The Breckenridge Jazz Hands are targeted. Shame deepens. What this means is essentially these four teams, whenever they get shamed in a game, the next game, they start with negative runs equal to the amount of shame runs that were scored against them. I'm correct about that, correct? Yes, uh, that's what targeted shame is. It's it's specifically the four top uh, teams in the league that are getting hit with the enhanced shame. uh, Oddly happy that team the Tigers didn't go through. I wonder how uh, alternate reality is that uh, everybody, I think it's everybody gets one pitcher and one uh, runner has their stats randomized. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Uh, I voted for that one. That's what uh, all of my votes went to. Also, it's the reverb era. It oh. is the reverb era. It's the discipline era reverb. As opposed to the discipline area uh, the discipline era, I think, continuation. We also had discipline era feedback. Oh no, feedback was the one that it was. Yeah. I uh, so we have a bunch of blessings as well. I'm not going to go through all of the blessings. Reload. I just want to say that I'm very sad that none of my fucking garages votes went through. There are no blessings for the garages, and I'm very sad about that. The book has been more revealed. The book has been more revealed? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call a break uh, while we read the book. I think. All right. See you all in five minutes.
Okay, welcome back. Sam, I believe you have the uh, notes for this week? I do have notes for episode 22, The Man Who Hates Shinigami. The episode begins with a quick introduction of Gin, uh, courtesy of Yoroichi, and immediately there's a flash and Jidambo's arm is cut, bringing him to his knees. Yoroichi worries because even if they've gotten strong, the kids are nowhere near the level of a captain. Encountering an enemy of his level is a catastrophe. Jidambo tries to tell Gin that it's his responsibility to open the door if he loses, but Gin responds with, Well, a gatekeeper who loses should die. They shouldn't be opening gates. Ichigo jumps in to protect Jidambo and is asked if he's scared of the captain, but he says no. You know. Why would Ichigo be scared? This guy's a twink. He's a danger twink. <laughs> Yoroichi asks him to disengage, using his name, which prompts Gin to ask if he's the infamous Ichigo Kurosaki. Which, you know, he's like, oh yeah, how do you know my name? Like, what? Uh, he has really good ears. He heard him telling Jadonbo his name. Gin walks away, leading Ichigo to ask if he's going to throw a sword at him, and Gin answers that it's not a wakizashi. It's his Zanpakuto. He gets into a stance and attacks, his sword Shinsu stretching and stabbing at Ichigo, who barely manages to block, but is thrown into Jidambo, and both of them are pushed out, the gate closing. Yoroichi tells them that they should just be glad they're alive, honestly, and Ichigo asks Sorihime to take care of Jidambo while various souls start coming out of the shacks populate and populating the street. We learn that outsiders are feared as causers of calamity, and everyone gets ready to brawl, but before anyone can come to blows, an old man comes out of the crowd and introduces himself as an elder of the Rukon district, thanking the group for having saved Jidambo's life. Can we talk about how shiny this man's eyeballs are? He looks like he's going to cry all the time! <laughs> Like, it was like, the one thing I really noticed was, wow, this man has really, really shiny eyeballs. I, and I, I pointed this out while we were watching the episode, and Aiden's like, he takes them out and polishes them, just like spits on them and starts rubbing them with his shirt. No! <laughs> the old man, like the elder of the Rukon district. His eyes are like full of tears at all times. They're just like, so shiny, and they catch the light. And it's just like, what... Why do you look so different than everyone else? It's really funny. I I really like how, like, the whole faster-than-anyone-can-see-or-react-to thing is reminiscent of Byakuya's first appearance when he actually did something. And it's like, yeah. oh, damn. Like, Gin is a threat. This, this guy's a threat. Like, captain level? Okay, clearly a threat. So is not an outlier. Just all the captains are going to be terrifying, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really good way of showing that. Also, worth stating, um, I love the little bit of characterization we get for Gain, uh, like, that really just shows, like, what kind of person he is when the gate is, like, falling back down, and he just goes, bye-bye, and waves. It's so good! Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I wasn't actually here to, like, really stop you. As long as you're outside, it's fine. <laughs> Sucks to be you, bye. Just like, wow. Yeah, bye! What an asshole. I love him. I, I, I must admit, I, I still have a little bit of the hots for Gain HMRO. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Aiden is looking at me like you can't be serious. <laughs> Are you talking about the old man? No, not the old man. No, The danger twink. The danger twink. Twink? 
No, not that. That's Ganju. No. Do you even watch Bleach? No. <laughs> not by choice. So they don't. <laughs> no, Ginichimaru, the guy who's like smiling all the fucking time and has the tiny ass sword. Wait, that fucked up looking guy? You used to think he was hot and you still do? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> The souls of Rukon District love. <laughs> Sam just tried to start narrating again, and then you like started shining me. Okay, I'm sorry, Sam. Please continue. He looks like the theater mask. <laughs> he does look like a theater mask. Listen, can we stop talking about how problematic my, like, characters I have the hots for are? You have a crush on a theater kid. <laughs> I'm sorry! Let's, let's try and move on. <laughs> let us, let us attempt, please, to move on. The souls of the Rukon district love Jidanbo as he's one of them, and he's always kind to them. As opposed to Shinigami, who are just the absolute worst. They're cops, they're terrible. They're... <laughs> Class traitors. Every single one of them. Yeah! Ichigo fighting Gin was enough for him to gain their trust, but everyone's worried about Jidanbo. Orihime, however, is confident that she can heal the wound, calling her fairies out, while everyone's like, wait, really? Seriously? You can- what? <laughs> she starts working on the arm, and a child pushes through the crowd, calling to Chad. It's Shipata! The parakeet from way back in episode 4, which the manga writes as Yuichi, and the anime subtitles that I was using called him Shibata at every instance in this episode, and I was a little confused. Yeah, it, it was weird. Um, I am really happy Shibata's back. Like, if only momentarily, like, I was really glad to see him, and, like, this part, like, was really heartwarming. Like... I had completely forgotten that he was that he, that he was a character that showed up again. Like I was like, oh yeah, here he is for the Chad introduction episode, and then he's going to disappear forever. But no, here he is. He's right there, being like, "Yo, Chad, my friend, baby boy is here." And also, like Orihime gets to be like super competent and do stuff, and ev like everyone would be fucked and out of luck if she wasn't there. Like, yeah, I am shocked. I am shocked at how much she is doing in these episodes. Yeah, same. I'm really shocked. I was kind of, like, surprised Chad didn't get that much to do except be, like, emotionally resonant here. And Udu has gotten to do fuck all. But, like, I was glad to see Orihime doing stuff. Yeah. In the next scene, Shibata rides around on Chad's shoulders and explains that spirits stay the same way here as when they arrive. So he's going to be a child forever. <laughs> yeah, sucks to be him. Chad asks if he's found his mom, but he immediately gets introduced to Shibata's new older brother. Older brother. In the Rukon district, people gather into family units and live together. It's very rare to actually meet up with family. Chad is surprised that the Soul Reapers don't help souls reunite and like, same, my guy? And yeah, no. So he decides I, to hang out with Shibata a little longer to see if he can, like, help him. Or at least, like, be more of a connection. Yeah, I wanna... This is, like, another one of the things that, like, took me a bit out of the show. Where it's like, okay, 
why don't the Soul Reapers help people, like, find their family? Like, it just really speaks more to their copness of, like, hey, we're gonna bring you into Soul Society to maintain the ballots, but we're not gonna do fuck all after that. We're just gonna drop you off here in the poor slums, and you have to fend for yourself. Have fun. Yeah, and, I like... Ho- I hope you can find yourself a family, buddy. Yeah, and <laughs> the thing is, like, Shibata's like, hey, come see my my house. And it's, like, the saddest looking rundown, like, it, it looks like a shed. It, it, it made me so mad. I'm like, no, this this is a character who has experienced such trauma. And, like... Probably because the possible sheer number of souls, but also if anyone could help them, it would be the soul reaper. It's the afterlife. Why does it have to be like this? And, like, they like, know... Like, everyone is aware of when they died and what year it is when they died and where they died. Like, that's a thing. So it's like, they know they could they could be, like, placed geographically close to each other and they specifically aren't, is the thing. Like, I think this is a, I think this is the show giving, like, a... Um, subtle is not the word, but, like, a, without, like, directly calling attention to it, this is, like, a way that they're showing, oh, like, Soul Reaper Society, not good. Not great. Like, this in, is not a good thing. And Hiranari, uh, this is Shibata's brother, um, like, specifically mentions to Chad while they're, like, sitting on that, like, bridge that, like, he has been dead since 1947, and he still lives in that tiny-ass shack, like, in the Rukon district, like, and never found his family. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard of. And honestly, like, I don't even know what hell's like in the Bleach universe right now. I don't remember the hell movie, but it almost sounds like hell might be better. <laughs> like, I mean, that that leads to this just really distressing exchange where Shibata's like worried about his mom and the other kids like, hey, don't worry. You'll never see your mom again, but it's OK. You'll get used to it. Yeah, for real. It's like, what is this show? Like, it's, it feels very, very strange. Yeah, no, Lynn has it, like, right here. Because apparently it's impossible to imagine a society that's still burdened by capitalism and bureaucracy. Or to imagine that's not still burdened by capitalism and bureaucracy. And I agree. It's like, it really, really begs the question, is this what, like, is this what Kubo wants the afterlife to be? Like, a class system where people, you know, like, we, we talked about, like, reincarnation and stuff, but it, it it's really weird to me that Rukia, for example, uh, and, like, let, let's, let's dive in here real quick. I'm not, like, misremembering things that Rukia was called the Princess of the Rukon, correct? Something like that? She was. Okay. So that implies that Rukia grew up here in the Rukon district. We know, well, that we know for a fact. She grew up okay. in, or at the very least, like, she spent something like, uh, she spent like almost a hundred years in the Rukon district or something. Like, we don't have an exact number, but we know that she only spent, I think, 50 years with Byakuya. Okay. And okay. we also know that she is at least a hundred years old. Okay. Then why is it? When she speaks of Soul Society, she speaks of it so fondly. Um, like I, I 
guess you could like say like it's the propaganda side of it and like having lived among the soul reapers but like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me as a character that Rukia would live here in this poor area where everybody lives in these horrible rundown sheds of houses and then go to be a soul reaper and like suddenly live in this rich high class society and not see the problem there like it it doesn't ring true for me as a character but like it isn't my story to write i i think it's just really weird and it kind of takes me out of the show a bit so two things i think the key that we should keep in mind is one so far like the the inhabitants of the rukangai haven't sh- haven't displayed or ta- really talked about being unhappy in any way shape or form like right now it at least as the show is uh showing them to us they are happy with their like current lot in on life uh uh, and like like they have problems and they have a bunch of issues but almost all of them are we hate like the soul reapers are jerks that's like the main issues true and the other thing is if we think of uh reincarnation a lot of reincarnation uh, myths and beliefs uh tend to go with uh this concept that in order to reincarnate or part of the point of reincarnation is to shed your earthly like memories and connections uh, and if you look at it from that angle, it could make sense if it's like purposely we're gonna make sure you don't meet anyone that you know from Earth in your afterlife because that's how you're going to reincarnate to the next like stage. I guess that makes sense. It, it's just it's really sad, and it, it it makes me feel bad for all these characters and like. I guess that's probably what the show is trying to do, is make you feel like, hey, this isn't great. I feel bad for Chibata not being able to find his mom, because this is a character we already know. And, like, yeah, Lin says that makes the rich part of the Soul Society a little more nonsensical. Do you care to expand on that, Lin? If you have more to say there. I will say, we we call them rich, but so far it's their more um like the stuff is well kept but we don't actually know anything about like the like day-to-day life of a soul reaper that's fair like for all we know the the rank and file spend all day in like prayer and meditation and training right we do know there's like nobles we we know there's nobility which definitely like yo what the fuck soul society (laughs) but the show hasn't gone into it at all so far yeah, I agree, Lynn. Lynn says, it's just weird to just juxtaposition uh, the two circles and not draw on real-world parallels, and I agree with that. I, I, I definitely think, like, it's something that we're going to be, like, continuing to talk about, especially as this arc goes on. Uh, and I feel like uh, when we get to later arcs of the show, where we go to a different world, uh, because uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess spoilers, question mark. Later, we're going to go to the hollow world. Uh, like, I feel like we're probably going to need to, like, talk about the societal structure there as well. And, like, compare and contrast. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems weird to me as somebody who is leftist. Yeah, I guess, 
I guess I'm gonna actually have to read those those pa- those uh papers that some people have written about like contrasting specifically soul society and like Buddhist Buddhism just to like try to get more uh more formed ideas about the whole thing uh, but uh, so for now we're j- I guess we can just like table the uh, that aspect of things. Keep keep an eye class watch. We have class watch now. Class watch, <laughs> and uh, come back to this once we get more information in the future. Me, episodes. we gotta keep this part short. We have like I have a fishing trip to get to. Me, let's talk about the class system in the Soul <laughs> Society for twenty minutes. You played yourself. <laughs> uh, so to finish up with the Chad scene, uh, Shibata asks Chad like why he's here and like what he's like why did you come to soul society what are you doing did you die apparently not i guess uh and they see ichigo from far who's just like sitting on a tall i guess he's like a cat he's just like i'm just gonna sit on this very tall thing um chad said it's because even if he can't see past the wall he's going to try to see past the wall and that's basically what he likes about ichigo which is ichigo if he has a goal it doesn't matter if there's like a wall in his way he's just going to keep trying to do his goal and then he kind of he just gets like this really sweet moment uh, where he talks about um when he was a child and he started and he like he would wonder why he was different from other people why he was so much stronger physically than other kids and recently why he got these powers to fight hollows and he tells shibata you know don't give up even if the other souls like say that you're never gonna meet your mom again like you know Keep the faith. You'll find her. I believe in you. And then he just uh, links up to... He links up with Hichigo and they... Uh, everyone gathers up again at night. I really liked this part. I thought it was very sweet. It's a very cute thing. And I, I like uh, Chad like having a similar reaction to us, which is like, one, why are the Soul Reapers helping you? Two, don't believe these guys. <laughs> you can do it, yeah. kid. You can do it, kid. I believe in you. You can fucking do it. Like, for real. I Chad's a real one. That night, Yoroichi tells the group that now that the gates drop, security inside will be on alert. Which means they have to find a way of entering without going through any of the gates. And the cat asks the elder if he knows someone called Kukaku Shiba, who constantly changes residence. And, like, I guess they just keep moving around. The elder is surprised and asks Yoroichi if they mean to use that to go through the wall. And a ruffian flies into the room, thrown off his riding boar bonnie, and just completely eating shit. <laughs> he greets the old man who calls him Ganju, and tells immediately tells him to go home, because he's upsetting his guests. But as soon as Ganju sees Ichigo, he gets his hackles way up. They, huh, 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 it up like proper delinquents until Ichigo punches him clear across the room. Ganju introduces himself, and he's got like, four titles all of which are self-professed including it's really funny <laughs> he's like top big brother boss of the rukon guy but it's like self-professed top big brother <laughs> 14 years running self-professed top soul reaper uh, top soul reaper hey i'm gonna get this this isn't even a difficult word <laughs> now you top, got my pain top soul reaper hater here we go. You've done it. 
Ichigo dismisses him, which leads to Ganju diving into him and pushing him outside for a fight. The rest of the gang tries to follow, but they're stopped by Ganju's gang, who each of them are riding a boar as well. <laughs> and I just love... They all have, like, these crazy designs. It's really good. I just want to really, really quick, like, actually quick, I've always had this headcanon for Ganju, uh, like... Okay, like, fucking, I've always thought that Ganju, if we ever got a, like, live-action, like, American-made Bleach movie, I've always had a headcanon that Ganju would be played by Jack Black, because I think that would be hilarious. I can definitely see it. Especially now that he's shaved his head bald. I see ID. If, if you were a fan of Jack Black's wizard beard, he unfortunately no longer has it. And if you were not aware of Jack Black's incredible wizard beard, he, over the last year, he has been growing the most glorious of wizard beards, rivaling only <laughs> such wizard beards such as Alan Moore's. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, outside the shack, Ichigo and Ganju get into a brawl, while Yoroichi calls the fight just completely meaningless. Uh, Ganju draws his blade... Chad just throws Ichigo's sword to him. <laughs> and But once they start fighting, Ganju uses a strange art to make it sink into the ground like quicksand, and he kicks Ichigo away. The fight turns into a bare-knuckle brawl pretty quickly, with a counter from Ichigo. And then the clock on one of Ganju's minions' back rings, and he eats shit trying to ch stop his charge, because whatever this clock means, it is way more important than the beef he has with Ichigo. All, the entire gang are just incredibly worried about the time, and Ganju calls Bonnie his boar, and the episode just ends on her appearing behind Ichigo, which I guess we'll figure we'll learn what the time is about next episode. Yeah, I guess so. I don't remember this at all. Like, I remember Ganju, and I remember the boars. I don't remember this clock shit. Ganju, I'm going to miss my fishing trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm gonna miss the rare spawns. I have to I have to get back to my MMO. Soul Reaper, you aren't important enough for me to miss this. One thing so one thing I've noticed in this episode is you can tell that they have more money and time because even just this goofy confrontation with the with Ganju is like full of these really good little animation cuts. Like there's just a like there's none of the usual like oh they're just kind of one person has, like, a three-frame cycle and is hitting, and the other one's not moving, and they're both sliding across the screen. That Bleach did a lot during the first season. So it's like, oh, th like, just this episode was a good example of, like, even their baseline, here's, like, our low episode, where it's, like, not a big important fight, but it's still, like, a good fight to see. That level of fight, of, uh, fight animation has gone up by a lot, compared to what we were seeing in the previous season. It definitely is a lot better. There was a spot in the Ganju and Ichigo fight where I could tell they were, like, reusing frames of animation, but it wasn't, like, a big deal because, like, it still looked good. Um, It, it was, like, just the part where Ganji's, like, punching Ichigo's sword. Or not his sword, just punching at Ichigo. Uh, but, like, overall, yeah, the animation was a lot better this episode. Um, I think it... In the last episode, it still looked kind of muddy. Uh, like, there was a little too much, like, bloom filter or whatever, like, on it. Uh, so it was, like, a little hard to see what was going on completely. But, like, 
overall animation a lot better. So the manga changes for this one are like, honestly, they're kind of a lot. <laughs> they're, really? <laughs> yeah. The, so it's like part part of it. Some of them, it's they're a lot. Like just holy shit. I I understand why this was changed. Some of them are some scenes are just completely replaced by other scenes, and some of them it's more like this scene means other stuff. So first up. The thing that happens at the end of the chapter instead of at the start of the episode is Gin shows up, cuts Jidanbo's entire arm off, and sends it flying to crash onto a house. What? Oh my god. Like, and then he says, that won't do at all. A gatekeeper ain't supposed to open gates. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit! <laughs> Like the the chapter ends on that, and you're like, "Oh my god, what just what?" Yeah, I got that impression, but holy shit! <laughs> love that. Honestly, it's... like I I would have loved to see that. That would have been scary. Yeah, and then like the next chapter start. I think the next chapter is called Crimson Rain, and it basically starts with just Gin standing in front of Jidanbo, and there's like just blood raining all around him, and you're just like, okay, this guy terrifying, just completely terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Fucking hell. And uh, one small detail. So at the end of every chapter, there's always like, on occasion, there's like these little goofs, but usually there's like this little, just one corner of a page sketch. And most of them are just gags that are happening like off screen, but they're implied to be happening. Like it's stuff that implies to be like part of the story, like they're canon. Um, The last couple of chapters, basically, it's just like Renji reacting to, oh, there's an alert and he gets a sword out of storage and he go or out of. Someone was fixing it, basically. And he gets a sword, and he runs around, and, you know... The the one for this chapter, where Gin, like, cuts off Jidambo's arm... It shows that Renji is standing in the shadows between two buildings. Like, and we see... Uh, also in frame, we see Gin's back. Which implies that he was at the gate as well. That's... Oh, what? And it's like, oh. Oh, damn, Renji huh. was there. But he was hiding and didn't talk to anyone, basically. So just something to keep in mind that apparently <laughs> he was he was there. It seems like a weird change, frankly. Yeah, well, it's like, it's just like this small detail that they don't, like, because the main manga doesn't go into it either. So it's just like this little, like, plus info thing. But it's like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Uh, gotcha. The effort, so obviously because... It's the entire arm that gets chopped off instead of just getting his bicep cut open. Uh, the effort to put Jidanbo's arm together is, like, dozens of Rukon souls are just having this big Gulliver's Travel moment. Where they're, they're standing on him and pulling on ropes to tug his arm, clo- like, against his shoulder. And there's a, whole gr- there's a whole crowd that's, like, pushing against his arm to keep the wound closed and all that stuff. And it just basically everyone's working together so that Orihime can fix it with her shield. I like that. And, like, she spends, like, six hours on that, basically, up until a point where his life isn't in danger, but he can't use his arm. And then uh, we basically get, like, a different scene that completely replaces the Chad and you and uh, Shibata scene, where Ichigo, like, comes to her, brings her a drink, and he says, hey, you should come inside and rest, you're clearly exhausted. And she's like, oh, I'm almost done, how long is almost? It's just gonna be another five hours. <laughs> And it's just like, it's a really sweet scene between the two. And you see, like, how much effort that Ruki, uh, Arihime is putting into this. But 
yeah, it's like this is the scene that is just completely replaced with the Chad and Shibata scene. It's like that's weird. <laughs> it's just it is it's just really weird to me because neither of these scenes have a ton of development, but I don't know, it feels weird that you're giving one character development by removing another character's like little scene. Yeah, it's it's super strange. Like it honestly, I would have liked to see both scenes. Like I realize like we have a runtime to stick to. But it, it almost feels like there could have been something maybe cut from this episode that, like, would have been better served to have this scene. Yeah. Uh, while this all happens, we also get, um, we well, we get a bit of the uh, Shibata and Chad scene, just not the bit where he talk where they're, essentially, we get the scene with Shibata and his brother and Chad, but we don't get the scene afterwards that's just Shibata and Chad. Gotcha. But in the scene with Shibata's brother, they were explained that when souls die, they get tr- they like basically arrive in order of death, and then they get triage northeast, west, south in that order. So if four people died, it like basically at around the same time at the same place, they're all going to the they're going to the literal four corners of Soul Society, and that's like explicitly said as being part of the bureaucratic process. Why? <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I'm I like I feel like there's a reason like it's 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 either specifically to be like part of the reincarnation cycle or it's to show that the bureaucratic angle is bad. Like I but there is a reason because he specifically takes the time to say like yeah, we explicitly like make sure that all the souls are balanced in number and we send them to like different corners like in order of them arriving. It's like, like, there is a, pro- like, he thought about it, there is a process, and it is in the text, and it's like, okay, well, tell me, mo- at least tell me the reason why, like, <laughs> just knowing, yeah. that, <laughs> knowing this reason is, like, so weird without knowing, like, why they're doing it, right? It's actually kind of, frankly, bizarre, like, I, I want to know more. Yeah, like Lynn says, there's also the fact that not every people that die together are going to be on good terms. And the final change in the manga that isn't in the anime is when Yoroichi is talking about the increased security, Yoroichi doesn't say, oh, well, now that we tried to breach one gate, the security is going to be higher at all the other gates. It's the security is going to be high at this gate, and the next gate is a 10-day walk. We don't have time for that. We're here to save a life. So we have to go, like, with this... um, Sh- uh, Kukakushiba plan because we don't have time to try at a different gate. We have to go save Rukia right now. That makes more sense. I I feel like the Bleach anime has like a habit of like hand-waving the details a lot when like the details like make the actions the characters take make more sense. Like, like you do- you don't have to explain everything and you there's certainly like a lot of things that definitely don't need explaining but the the things that they choose to cut out it's always like like this is the the details i don't like the 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 sorry the details that they choose to cut out are frequently the ones that make everything stick together so it just feels like well you could have just cut out like a completely different scene or you could have cut out like a different subplot of this episode versus this thing that's like very explicitly like oh yeah no this makes total sense 
it's completely bizarre. Like, I, I, I want to know what the process of, like, making the anime for this was like, because it's very strange to see this show, like, constantly doing this to itself. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it is also just on, like, personal taste. And, like, per- like uh, part of it might be that it's to set up, to help set up stuff that shows up in future in future uh, seasons or to yeah like just to to be able to weave in side stories or filler episodes more easily in the future part of it i'm sure is just like the personal preferences of the writer or the director who's in charge of it but yeah like it's just very interesting to be like huh like it when we watched the anime there was this scene and it like it just really didn't land kind of it was like a little weird and then there's this bit in the pet in the manga which in theory, would be just literally the same sentence with, like, two or three words changed. Like, like it's just a very... It's the same, like, runtime, essentially. It's, like, it's a, the same length of sentence. But it completely changes the context, and it's like, oh, no, this makes sense. This completely 100% makes sense. This is why we have to go to Kakoshiba. Yeah. I... Overall, I, I... I mean, do you have more manga changes? Nope, that's it. I'm done. I'm okay. Honest. Overall, I enjoyed these episodes. I think this is kind of like a baseline quality to expect from this arc. Hopefully. I I don't have many negative points aside from like the way we talked about like the class system. Class system. I think that's very strange and I hope we get more details on that like in the coming two arcs because Guys, we're going to be in Soul Society for a while. Like, it's going to be a thing for a bit. But, yeah. um... I don't know. It, it Class Watch is real. We're going to have to figure out what's going on here. Season 2. It's it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, at, at the very least, season, season 2 has the same amount of episodes as Season 1. It's just, it's another 20 episodes or so. Uh, it's not up to like some of the other seasons that end up having like thirty or forty episodes. Yeah, so, such as the looming threat of filler seasons. I yesterday I rewatched all the Bleach openings, and I was surprised watching the Bleach openings just how many characters I didn't recognize because they're filler characters. That just means so, the experience is going to be fresh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm strangely like the filler is what I am most excited about. <laughs> Because the point where I left off is a hundred and forty episodes, a hundred and forty-seven episodes from now. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I switched off from the anime to the manga somewhere before the um the big fight in a Roncar town. Uh, the the big fe- the I'm gonna like do this as vaguely as I can. Uh. The big fight in a Ronkar town with the green man himself. Is is that vague yet clear enough for you guys to know what I'm talking about? Whether it is or not, further extrapolation is probably bad. Okay. Um, I think we could just end it here. You know what? Yeah, let's, let's just end the podcast. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I'm your co-host Lily. You can find me on. Tw- <laughs> I'm your co-host Lily. You can find me on Twitter at lavender underscore pause. I'm Sam. I'm on Twitter at ssbslj. 
You can find me on Instagram at lot underscore lake. You can also find our show at Bleachcast on Twitter, or you can email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. Uh, I don't have much more to add this episode. I I hope y'all have a good weekend, good week, and commitment is a strong word. Commitment is a strong word. Stay safe and stay healthy. あ、ありがとう。